Hello, and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin English, founder of The Silver Edge. Our mission at The Silver Edge is to inspire men and women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond to live their strongest, healthiest, most fulfilling lives. In this podcast, we share stories of amazing individuals who are doing just that to help motivate you to become the healthiest version of yourself, regardless of your age. And now, on to today's podcast. Hello, my guest this week is Steve Ortgeson. Steve is a 70-year-old who began bodybuilding a little over two years ago. At the beginning of this journey, he wrote, I'm hoping that by telling my story as a 70-year-old young bodybuilder, others will be inspired to reinvent themselves, to do things they thought impossible, to realize that often we are limited only by our own lack of belief in ourselves. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. I'm so happy to be here and share my story. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear your story. So we definitely want to hear about what you're doing now at your age, but let's start at the beginning. Tell us what you were like as a kid. Well, as a kid, um, I was fairly hyperactive. <laughs> okay. You know, I, uh, I, had, I had two brothers, uh, one of which was about 13 years older than me, and he, to me, looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have to look, look, look back at pictures and see if that was true, but he was just huge. And I'm like, I want to be like him. You know, uh, he, he went off to college and left some weights behind. I'd lifted weights a little bit. And... Um, well, you know, I didn't have any instruction. I think I hurt my back doing that because eventually I started having back problems. I, uh, I went to, uh, when I went to junior high school, um, they wanted me to be on the track team. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to be a shot putter. Now, if you've seen my pictures, I'm a slender guy, not the shot putter type, right? Mm-hmm. But I was out there doing the shot put, you know, probably screwing my back up a little bit more and stuff like that. But um, so, you know, as a kid, I, I tried to be athletic. But I had these back issues, and so it, it kind of held me held me back, you know. But I still I still tried, and uh, eventually, those problems seemed to kind of disappear. Although I still I still do have some issues with that. But um, you know, I've always tried to be active. I've I've done push-ups, you know, a lot. Um, I uh, when I couldn't uh, be in PE anymore because of the back issues, I was in the marching band wasn't very good, but I was in a marching band. That kept me going, you know. Eventually, I, uh, I got into doing karate and actually became an instructor. I actually had a couple of dojos where I had my own classes. And, um, you know, that was maybe a lifesaver for me because I really needed to be doing something, and it, it gave me a really good feeling. Um, I didn't feel much like an athlete, but nonetheless, I guess, you know, karate guys are athletes. You know, that, that was a big thing for me. Um, eventually I, I went on to school. I went on and, and became a anesthetist. Uh, I went to school in Minnesota and, um, came back to, uh, to Utah where I live now and, um, did that for almost, almost 30 years. So quite a while during my time as an anesthetist, I actually worked in Utah for a while. Then we moved to, to uh, Hawaii. I, I uh, had an opportunity there and uh, was on a canoe racing team, which is really cool because I was the only white guy on the team. So it was, pretty, it was very easy to see who I was out there because there's you know like brown, 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 white guy. And, um, and that was really, really a great time. The fun thing about that for me was 
you'd get out in the ocean and the waves would be coming in at you and you'd think, you know, I could die doing this. This, this, this is, uh, you know, I could totally drown, but you know what? It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, let's go. You know, I don't care. Um, and that's kind of an interesting thing about, you know, about me and my life. Um, well, let's, yeah. So let's talk about both of those things a little bit. So you, you mentioned that kind of the back problems held you from being a little more athletic than maybe you wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and that, that the fact that you were kind of a, a, a skinnier kid, right. Sounds like, um, but always active. How old were you when you got into karate? Well, golly, I was, I was probably in my, I was in my thirties. Okay. So that, that came a little bit later. It was a bit and, later. Yeah. And what about the canoeing team? How old, how old were you when you, when you started that? Forties. Uh, okay. So yeah. you, you kind of carried some of these things from your, from your youth over this desire to be active and mm-hmm. you found some outlets for that. What, what got you interested in martial arts and in and, and karate? Well, when I was in college, I just, I took a karate class once and thought that was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, when the Karate Kid movies came out, I thought, you know, I should get back into that. And I looked into it, found a, a very good instructor who was a guy from Japan who was um, very well reputed and, and uh, became one of his students. And that's how I got into that. I just, uh, and I really enjoyed it. It was just, um, it, it, just you know, it gives you good feelings to know you can do these different things that most people don't do. It was just a nice, uh, a nice way to keep myself fit and, uh, you know, both mentally and physically. Okay. So that, I think that's awesome that you saw the Karate Kid movies and yeah, kind of like know, right? yeah. rekindled yeah. that, rekindled that uh, desire. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wax yeah. on. Yes. Wax <laughs> that's on. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that movie, that movie inspired a whole generation of people it, it really to be did. sure. Yeah. Um, all right. And then kind of the same question on canoeing, because that's, that's even a little more unusual, I think, mm-hmm. than karate. Really a lot of people find their way yeah. into martial arts, but um, not many people are on Hawaiian um, canoeing teams. So yeah. What tell us a little bit about <laughs> kind of how you got into that and a little bit a little bit more about it. I mean, how many people are in the canoe? This sounds like it's a pretty big canoe. Is it one of those outrigger kind of things? It was outrigger or? canoe, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're how did you get story. started with that? Yeah, I love this. So moved to Hawaii. You know, uh, uh, it was it was so funny because I did, I called it. This is in Hilo, Hawaii, which is on the big island. I called up and I said, Hey, do you guys need an anesthetist? And they're like, Yeah, when can you come? I'm like, What? I'll tell you what, you could if you try to get a job in Hawaii right now, forget it. I don't know how that happened, but anyway. And um, so I was down by the bay one day, Hilo Bay, and watching these guys practicing their kuna racing. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do this. So I walked up to the guys and I said, hey, um, I want to be on your canoe team. And they just kind of looked at me like, who is this bozo? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, all right. And uh, so they had regular works out regular workouts once or twice a week. And so I'd come work out with them and, and, you know, they were a little standoffish and, um, but I kept, you know, kept working, kept coming every, every practice. And uh, eventually we had a race on the, on the other side, the Kona side of the Island. And, um, that was our first race. And, you know, I worked like crazy. I mean, I, you know, we didn't, I don't know if we went one or not, I don't really remember, but after that we were brothers. I mean, we were like, you know, thick as, you know, thick as blood. We were just like, you know, that was it. I guess I'd proven myself to them. Right. And, uh, and so that's how I got into it. I just walked up and said, Hey, I want to be in your canoe racing, your canoe racing team. 
And what, Simple as that. You say you, they had work. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. You just walked up and said, hey, I, I, I want to join the team. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you got some crazy looks there. And what kind of workouts does one do to prepare? You mentioned they worked out a couple of times a week. Does that just mean getting in the canoe and digging well, in with your paddle? Or? Yeah, come and dig in the canal. They would, they would do some things also where we would uh, kind of be um, in a fake boat and just kind of practice, you know, uh, uh, paddling in sync and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there'd be commands. They do, you know, uh, uh, commands to kind of keep you in, in, uh, in sync with each other and stuff. So yeah, they would do a combination of things, but mostly it was getting out in the water and Hilo Bay was interesting because it's full of hammerhead sharks. And I hear that sometimes occasionally people disappear, but I, I don't know. No, I that's true. Right? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Add a little uh, bit more to the breeding ground, a breeding ground for hammerheads. Yeah. Okay. And how many how many people in a how many men in a canoe or people in a five canoe? five in a canoe five and I, I'm guessing that's this is pretty vigorous work then right I, this is it's a lot of work it really is yeah it's good cardio yeah yeah and were you in shape when you joined that team that sounds like something that um if you're just, kind of you're a walk on right so to speak yeah I was in decent shape I mean like I say I you know I, I did a lot of push ups I ran a bit mm-hmm. and uh, you know but I wasn't a, I wasn't lifting weights or anything like that. You know, from time to time, I mean, throughout my life, I've lifted weights a little bit, never seriously until until now. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, so we've got you through your. Now you're in your 40s. You're um, you're an anesthetist in in uh, in Hawaii, and you're on a basically a crew team here on a on a canoe rowing team. Where what happens next? Where, where well, do you go next, from there? Next, my family tells me they hate living in Hawaii, and we move back to Utah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, you know, I'm from California originally, and I, you know, spent a lot of time at the beach as a kid. And it's, it's, when I moved to Hawaii, I thought my family was going to love it. Uh, I knew, well, as far as I was concerned, I was where I was going to stay the rest of my life. My family didn't think so. So we came back to Utah. And, um, you know, when I first moved to Utah from California, going back a little bit, I, um, I thought snow was really cool for about the first two weeks. <laughs> like this is cold. I don't like this anymore. I had a younger daughter who taught me to enjoy the snow. She taught me how to ski. Her her, her ski lesson involved this. We went up to a local ski resort, and it's nice. I live about twenty minutes from the ski resort, so it's pretty cool. And she said, "Okay, Dad. So you put the skis on like this. Now, if you want to, if you want to go, you point your skis this way. If you want to stop, you go like this. Okay, chase me down the hill. Wham! That was her lesson." We spent the day skiing. It was pretty fun. She had taught me to rollerblade before, which helped. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and so she taught me how to, how to, my little daughter's teaching this old guy, well, you know, guy in his 40s, how to uh, dress properly in the snow, take dogs out and play in the snow and stuff. Anyway, so you might want to ask how I got into dog sledding. Yeah. So before we were recording, we, we kind of mentioned that. Yeah. You mentioned you had, I was telling you I had some dogs in the house and if they bark, that's just yeah, part of the course. Right. You go, yeah, well, I've got four myself. Um, so yeah, that's, this is a great segue. How did you get into dog sledding? Well, that's an interesting story too. We, we had a couple of American Eskimos, which are a small dog that kind of look like a Samoyed, but they're, uh, they're tiny and they're noisy, not tiny, there's, you know, a medium sized dog. And, uh, I thought, you know, I, I, I think I'd like to get some Samoyeds because they're really cool dogs. Look like these guys, but they're bigger and they're sled dogs, you know. And, and um, so I kept trying to find books about Samoyeds. Couldn't find anything about Samoyeds. It's very weird. But I kept seeing books on Siberian Huskies. 
And eventually I'm like, okay, I give up. I will read about Siberian Huskies. So I read a couple of books about them. There's good, bad, and ugly about them. They're, they're not the breed for everybody. They, are, they, uh, they have a lot of interesting issues. But anyway, uh, so I read about them. I said, you know what? I'm excited about this. I want to, I want to get this. I want to get Siberian Huskies. So I, I found some responsible, reputable breeders, went and talked to them, and went making a long story short, because I could talk forever about my dogs, um, I ended up getting one Siberian Husky. And um, the, the breeder that I had spoken to uh, hooked me up with some people that were doing dog sledding. They taught me how to do it. Let me borrow their dogs for a while. Well, eventually, Siberian Huskies are like this. They're like potato chips. You can't have just one. So I got to the point where now I have four, but I have seven on my team. I have other people who... Um, Found out about Ian, and we became friends, and their dogs are on my team as well. So when I run, I've got seven on the team now. Actually, I've been running six, and now I have seven. Uh, but that's how I got into it, just like that. And uh, we go up uh, you know, a couple times a week when there's snow. Right now, it's starting to snow here. Not enough to, to sled on. But uh, that's just how I got into it, just like I want to do this. It's kind of like, kind of like the canoe racing thing. Kind of like I, the you know, I'm going to point that out. That that sounds familiar. Just um, <laughs> walked up and said, "Hey guys, can I join you?" And kind of same thing with the with the dogs. Uh, hey, it, I, I've got got a dog. He could probably help pull a sled. I just need a few more. Yeah. Um, it's it's a recurring uh, recurring theme. Yeah, with me. Yeah, and <laughs> that's great. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that I, I, that theme I think here in just a minute. But um, so, how long have you been working with doing the sledding? Uh, 13 years. 13 years. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Now, do you compete or is this just something you do well, for enjoyment? Or, <laughs> Well, we do it mostly for fun. We, uh, okay. We, you know, we just go out and, and, and run. One of the places where we go, there's a lot of snowmobilers, and we get a lot of attention that way. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what dog's like? What? Are you, wait, what? what? And they yeah. stop. They want to have pictures taken with us. You know, they pet the dogs, you know, and I'll, I'll take pictures of them. I'll, I say, why don't you stand on the sled? Let them stand on the sled and, you know, take a picture of them on the sled right. dog, on the sled right. and stuff like that. Uh, competing, we, we have a race uh, up up north uh, once a year on the first weekend of March. It's called the Canine Challenge. And um, <laughs> there's about 14 or so dog, sled dog teams that come to that race. It's pretty fun because you get 14 sled dog teams there. It's wild. The, you can't believe the the noise, the howling and mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's awesome. It's just really fun. Um, but do we win these races? No. We're probably the slowest team out there, but we're the best looking team. So Is that it? That, okay, that, great. We, we, we've been on the front page of the newspaper twice. We've been in the race three times. They put us on the very front page of the newspaper twice because we're just that, that good looking. Not me, but the dogs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, those are spirited animals as well, right? Very much so. You've got to keep them busy. They, they will, if you want your yard to look the face of the moon, go ahead and get a couple of those. (laughs) (laughs) They're escape artists as a breed. They're disobedient. Um, It's amazing to teach them to do dog studying, but they love it. They're, you know, they've been, they're, they're a, a, a breed that's been around for thousands of years. And so that's just what they're meant to do. And they love it. They just go insane. If they think, if they think we're gonna go sledding. So, yeah, and they, you know, they're disobedient. They, they kill things because, well, there's a long story behind that if you're interested. They, um, back in the day, they, when there was no sledding left to be done, you know, they were used as, as sled dogs to, um, for hunters. They would go out and, and get um, seals and that sort of thing, bring them back. When that season was over, they just let the dogs run free. 
And if they didn't learn to hunt by themselves, well, they didn't survive. So I, my theory is that uh, the, the Siberian Huskies of today still have that predator drive because it was a gene that was passed on because the ones that lived were the ones that could hunt. Yeah, and uh, and it's interesting to watch them sneak up on things. They'll sneak up on birds or you know whatever, and they're, they're like a cat. They just they're silent, silent but deadly. You know, they just you know they're very very effective. But anyway, so that's one of the things too, you know, and and um, they're they're very good, uh, very very good hunters. Unfortunately, unfortunately for any animals that shouldn't be in your yard, for instance. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's a problem for you know for some people because they need to realize you can't let your dogs. You know, off a leash ever. You can't let your dogs out of the yard. You know, um, but anyway, they're, yeah, they're, I, uh, yeah, yeah. You'd want to have a little space, and, and yeah, uh, and they shed, they shed like you would not. But I am, I am. Uh, there, yeah, uh, there's a deal over. breaker right there. Okay. Yeah, they shed yeah. like yeah. It's it's insane constantly. Well, not constant, but if if, if two are shedding, the other aren't. But the two aren't, and the other two are. Sometimes all yeah, four so of them are. Okay. Yeah. So there's always dog hair. Yeah. Right. To, yeah. That's, okay. Understandable. All right. So basic food group. It's a basic food group. My <laughs> okay. So you've, you've done a bunch of different and interesting things throughout your life um, well, from the karate way. and the, the canoeing and now dog sledding, which I believe you're still active in today, right? You're Exactly. Yeah. We, in fact, when we get through with our uh, interview today, I want to take the dogs out running, have them pull me on a bike for a little bit. Just to keep them in practice. Okay. That's kind of how you keep them in, keep them in practice. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the off season yeah. there. Okay. So that brings us pretty close to what I really wanted to talk about. I found you on Instagram and you had started a bodybuilding, I guess you started bodybuilding, right? At the age of 70, you decided, Hey, you know what? I want to be a bodybuilder. Right. And you started to document this through your Instagram. So start us, I guess, at the beginning, what made you decide that, Hey, I, I, I think you said you were just turning 70. Is that right? When you decided yeah, you wanted I was, to do this? I was 69 turning 70. Okay. And decided, I, I feel like what, well, what, what did you, what made you decide to do this? <laughs> well, it's another one of those things where it was like, you know, I think I want to be a bodybuilder and I didn't have any particular reason it was just something like you know i think that's what i want to do and uh so i got uh, uh arnold schwarzenegger's encyclopedia and read through that it's like 800 pages and um in fact it's sitting right here in front of me um and just followed his his advice and and i also got a book from frank zane and followed some in fact i followed quite a bit from frank zane and some of his advice too because at, at you know i'm a little I'm not 20, exactly. And uh, Frank has some really sage advice that he's learned over time, you know, uh, from his experiences. And anyway, the teachings from both, really, I'll give, I'll give Arnold and, and Frank Zane the, the, the credit for what I've been doing because I've basically been following their programs. So I went to, went to the gym and told the trainer what I, you know, that I want to be a bodybuilder. And he said, well, let's look at, you know, let's, let's, let's write out a program for you. And I said, well, here's a program. Cause I, I'd already written it out from, you know, from the books I've been reading from these two fine uh, athletes. And um, he said, well, I don't know what else I can tell you. Cause you know, it looks, looks great. 
but he would he would give me advice from time to time or watch what I was doing and say you could do this a little bit different that sort of thing. But anyway, so it wasn't more than a month or two, and people just started saying, "Hey, how old are you? Excuse me, but uh, are those guns registered? You know, wow, you're ripped!" <laughs> and we just all this yeah. stuff. I had I had uh, one day I'm, I'm just doing my thing in the gym, minding my own business, and these two uh, Mexican girls are are kind of checking me out. I'm like, hmm, "Whoa, what do you know?" And uh, they, they walked over with another guy, and they said, uh, he's from Mexico. He doesn't speak English, but he, he says he wants to have a picture taken with you for inspiration. In fact, I posted that picture a few days ago. And um, I'm like, you know, and I've had, I had so many people telling me things like, you're my inspiration, or you give me motivation just seeing what you're doing. I thought, well, you know, why don't I put this on Instagram? And I can reach more people because it, it became like a mission. I felt like, wow, I, I didn't even realize that I was looking that great. But apparently I was because people kept telling me I was. I'm like, okay, well, I, can, I started looking in the mirror. Like, yeah, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, that's really where it started. That, that's where this whole um, Instagram thing started was just because I realized it was a way to get, you know, to, to get my message out to more people that, hey, you can do things that you thought you couldn't do. Or what are you waiting for? Do you want to do a certain thing in your life? It doesn't have to be bodybuilding or weightlifting, but maybe there's something that you've been putting off. Well, don't put it off. Why don't you get started now? Um, and, and that's really my message. It's not so much be a bodybuilder or, or lift weights, but you know, it is kind of, you know, take care of yourself. You can be, you can stay healthy or if you're not healthy, you can get there. That, that's fantastic. And obviously, I wholeheartedly love all of that. Um, the fact that you're telling people you can start now, you can do this, you're a great inspiration. And I, I think that you're experiencing what, you know, what I see is we kind of have this paradigm of aging, or that we have this preconceived notion mm-hmm. of aging as, as a culture, right? right? And it doesn't look like yes. this. Um, yes. It doesn't, frankly, it looks like Sadly, it often looks like people, when, when you tell somebody to think of, just close your eyes and imagine a 70-year-old, they're probably thinking of somebody maybe in a nursing home with some sort of metabolic um, derangement happening, perhaps obese, they're on a lot of medicines. They don't think of people that are healthy and vibrant and strong, frankly. And maybe some of that's changing, and I think that it is, and I certainly hope that it is. And that's certainly the mission that I have, right? It's kind of to shine a light on healthy aging and that there is an alternative to what we often think of as, you know, these golden years, so to speak. So when I see people like you out there looking the way you do and spreading the message you do, it just, it, it just kind of, it lights me up. Right. So I, I, hats off to you. I think that's fantastic that once again, you just saw something and said, yeah, you know what? I, I think I'll, um, uh, think I'll be a bodybuilder. Um, <laughs> so what, tell us, what does your workout routine look like? What, what does a typical week look like? for you working out? Well, I, um, you know, I switch things up from time to time. I don't, uh, I may go for a, a few weeks or a few months doing sort of the same thing and then I'll switch it up because you have to keep the body, you have to keep tricking the muscles. You can't, you know, if you get into too much of a routine, then pretty soon the body's, oh, I'm used to, I know what you're going to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to fool you. So like right now what I'm doing, I am, I am training four days a week. I feel like it's important to have uh, a few days of rest and recovery. So what I do now, uh, like like this week, today is Thursday. Today's my day off. That's why we're talking today. 
So Monday, I did arms and shoulders together. Tuesday, I did legs. Wednesday, I did chest and back, which was yesterday. Today's off. Uh, tomorrow, I'll do arms and shoulders again. Next week, I'll flip it. I'll do arms and shoulders once. I'll do chest and back twice, legs once. One thing that I learned from Frank Zane was don't train your upper body two days in a row. He says, don't do that. You'll eventually kill your shoulders. He knows. <laughs> He's been there. And so I, I took that to heart. So I, I do not train upper body two days in a row for that very reason. Um, and as you'll notice, so I'm doing, you know, upper body one day, legs the next day, upper body again, day off, upper body, and then the weekend off. So what I, what I normally do right now is I have Thursday and the weekend off from training. And I feel like that gives me, you know, adequate time to recover. Sometimes it's not quite enough. <laughs> Depends on, on the days. You know, some days I'll do a really heavy, heavier workout. Other days I'll do a lighter workout, depending, just letting my, you know, listen to my body is telling me. Um, and one of the things that I found that's, that's been really, uh, I think beneficial to me and helped me to make some gains is I'll, every, every, every time I do training, I'll start out light and then work up into heavier sets, you know, and then kind of to where I'll like, okay, you know, that, that, that's, that's good. Stop there. So I kind of listen to myself most of the time. <laughs> right. So are you doing kind of classic hypertrophy, uh, three sets of 10 on these different types of movements? Um, what, what is your thought in, in terms of sets and rep schemes? What are you currently doing? Well, you know, right now I'm, I'm actually just, I'm, I'm listening to my body. I mean, there's been in, in the past, I've done different things where I'm doing, you know, three sets of 10 or three sets of 12 or, you know, four sets of whatever, or, you know, uh, higher, uh, higher weights with lower reps, you know, maybe eight, six to eight reps and things like that. And like I say, right now, uh, what I'm doing is I'm just, I'm starting out really light and just kind of going to where it feels like, okay, you know what, you could do more, but just don't, don't go to your absolute max. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I, I, you know, it's really, it's really tempting, especially when you're around other people in the gym to, 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 to uh, put on some really heavy weights and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't, I don't feel that. I mean, you know, when I was younger, I might've felt like that, but I'm like, you know what? I know that I'm doing well. I know that I'm looking, I hate to say this, I know I'm looking pretty great according to other people. I look at myself in the mirror sometimes and I go, hmm, yeah, hmm, I don't know, you know. Well, that's the idea. You look in the mirror to, crit to critique yourself anyway. Um, but to me, it's just more, more about, is this the, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the, the right thing to, to, to build my body? And it's, it's, it's like building a, a sculpture in a way. And I'm, I'm maybe getting a little bit off a subject, but my goal is not to look like a Marvel cartoon character that's you know, really scary. Um, I, my ideal is the, uh, the Roman or Greek statues. You know, those were aesthetic. And for me, aesthetics is what it's all about. And just looking really good and feeling great. Yeah, so there, that's that's a good point. Did I have any yeah, No, you most certainly did. Yeah, no, you answered the question very eloquently. In fact, yes, um, no, and I think that I I love the fact that you say you listen to your body and that you're not, you know, certainly you have the wisdom to know when is enough. And to your point, kind of, you know, my sets and reps are going to be dependent on kind of how I feel and and how I look and and the slow process of of building muscle. So 
I think that a lot of people would might be surprised that somebody in their 70s could actually build s- significant amount of muscles and clear, clearly you're doing that you're you're putting on muscle you're defining muscle um you've got it looks like pretty low body fat I think that a lot of what you're seeing is people are in the gym saying well now wait a minute how old are you and you're finding that not only is your body responding to this to the, this type of workout but you just alluded to this is carrying over into other parts of your life, right? I'm sure you're feeling more confident, more capable. Um, this has to transfer to when you're out running around with your dogs and, and doing other things. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yes. A uh, dog sledding is definitely a workout itself. Mm-hmm. People think yeah. you're standing on the sled. No, 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 no. You're, you know, sometimes you're running alongside the sled. Sometimes you're, um, yeah, it's like a skateboard. You're, you're whatever that's called where you're pushing with your foot, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a workout. You're, you're kind of exhausted by the time you're done. Yeah. And so let's, let's talk a little bit about you. You alluded to your, your, these days you're doing, um, four days, you know, when to, to push and when to, to hold back a little bit. And you had mentioned, um, you feel like that those three days give you enough time to recover. What, what are your thoughts on recovery when it comes to, to working out? Well, if, if you don't, if you don't give yourself enough time to recover, you're going to eventually have injury. I mean, it, uh, and, or you're going to start losing muscle, actually. So it's it's very important that you get that. And it's important to get plenty of sleep. You know, I know that there are, there are some people, and I, I, I've i talked to people and tried to convince them that it's really a bad idea to be working out seven days a week. I mean, they, they never stop every day, seven days a week. I'm like, you you can't do that. You're eventually going to gonna suffer. You're going to get sick. You're going to start losing muscle instead of gaining it. You're going to, you know, you're going to get injured. The body has to have time to recover. Yeah, I think it's um, a pretty well-known fact that you're you're actually building muscle when you recover, not when right. you're in the gym. You're when, when you're, you're in the gym, you're you're tearing down. Right? I think it was Mark Ripito that said, um, "What do you say? Sleep is the most anabolic substance known to man." Right. Um, so yeah, sleep is absolutely your friend when it comes to building building lean muscle mass. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's switch topics a little bit and talk about nutrition. So you've, you've got a very active lifestyle, right? You're between the sounds like with the dog sledding and the working out. Um, how do you fuel all this activity <laughs> with food? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Could you elaborate so, maybe? Uh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, you want more than that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, okay. I, um, I'm, I make sure that I eat at least a gram per pound for my body weight pound of protein. And actually, it ends up being more like a gram to a gram and a half per pound of my weight. Um, that's the that's the one thing. Um, you know, I use I use an app called um, My Fitness Pal. Yep. Okay. Which uh, I love it. I've been using it almost since I started this this um, this bodybuilding. And uh, it, it it tracks your macros. It's this it's it's awesome. I, I use it every single day. So what I do right now is um, I'm making sure I'm getting, like I say, the gram and gram and a half per pound of, of protein and uh, 20 to 30% fat and then the rest carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are, are important. Uh, you know, that's the fuel for your muscles. And, uh, and I, I eat good food. I don't eat any, any garbage, you know, except maybe, you know, maybe a birthday or something like that. I, I'm not... I'm, I'm somewhat fanatic, but not crazy fanatic. I will eat whatever at a party. <laughs> you know, it's not going to kill you. Having uh, cake and ice cream will not kill you. Will not make you turn into a slob. It, I promise. You know, 
Um, but I'm very careful to eat to eat well. I um, I eat a lot of eggs. I um, eat a lot of um, fish. I eat, I eat yogurt every day too, just plain plain yogurt. Put put, put some berries in and stuff. And but uh, yeah, I so I'm 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 probably not getting quite enough calories. You know, I'm I'm actually really cut right now. And I think I'm going to my calories a bit. I've been eating about uh, 2,800. I'm upping it to 3,000 because I think that's what I need. But that's me personally. I don't you know. It's, it's, it's individual. Just based on what I'm seeing, I think I need a little bit more. Not answering the question, am I? Oh, oh, no, I think you answered it very well. Yeah. So it sounds like you know, you're prioritizing protein was the first thing you said, right? You're getting yes. that gram, gram and a half uh, per pound of body weight. And I think that's very common in folks that have got performance or aesthetic goals. Uh, right. Then we're doing, you said maybe 20, 30% uh, of your, your total calories is going to come from healthy fats. And then the right. remainder can be carbs because that's really what's, like you said, right. that's what's fueling, fueling that, that activity. Right. Um, and it's, you're tracking all this. You're, I think that's a pretty, or probably the most common one is the my fitness pal. I, I certainly use that. And um, yeah. most of the folks I know are, are using that one. So you're, you're looking at your total caloric intake as well and, and kind of tweaking that sounds like you, you said you're at 28 thinking about going to 3000. Now, were you, were you doing any kind of calorie counting or macro tracking before you started on this bodybuilding no. adventure? No. So that was, that was something that I'm sure somewhere along the line, although Frank, certainly Frank and Arnold didn't have my fitness pal, but they were very cognizant of the importance of protein and, and right. certainly eating enough to fuel the muscle growth, et cetera. So we, we talked a little bit about your workout routine. We talked a little bit about your recovery strategies and certainly talked a little bit about your nutrition. And it sounds like the bulk of your nutrition is coming from, is it fair to say whole foods? You mentioned that you're eating yes. most healthy. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, but not denying yourself like you said, if you're at a party and there's cake and ice cream and you want it, well, yeah, why not? Yep. Yep. All right. So my question then is, um, here you are in your journey. You started this, we said what, almost, have you been at this almost two years? Is that about right? Yeah. It'll be two years, uh, in, uh, February, two years, in February. two years in February. And mm -hmm. for those listening to this in the, in the future, we're, we're recording this in, in, um, November. So wh what's next? Where, where are you, where are you going from here? Well, well, I'm just uh, you know going to keep doing what I'm doing. I actually, actually, um, when I started this, I decided that I actually would like to do competition as a 70 year old, and um, so I'm 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 looking into that. I'm going to be uh, looking to find a trainer. I think it'll be important for me to find a trainer to look at me and say, Steve, do this. Steve, stop doing that. Um, Here's some things you need to do. I think I need to have somebody, you know, even though I've got instruction from the greatest in the world, I, I, I think I'd have somebody putting eyes on me and saying, okay, fix this, fix that. You look, this look, fix that. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's where I'm at. And I actually um, have, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, trying to find, find a trainer. So, and when you say a competition, just to clarify, you mean a bodybuilding competition? Bodybuilding, bodybuilding competition. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you, you took it on yourself at uh, uh, turning 70. You said, you know what? I think I want to be a bodybuilder. And lo and behold, you did it, right? I, I think that that's, it sounds like listening to your your life story, that's you typically jump into things and, and stick with them. 
and here you are, you're looking great, you're inspiring people, and now you're going to do a body, your first bodybuilding show at 70-something, right? Hopefully so, yeah. Hopefully so. That's fantastic. Now, do you have a do you have a timeline? I know you said you're looking for a coach, but are you thinking, ah, I may, might do this next year or in the next 12 yeah, months? Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about doing it this year, and then, uh, and then you know, COVID came along. COVID, yeah. And, uh, and I, was really, I, I wasn't really feeling quite prepared, and I was like, that's my excuse. That's <laughs> <laughs> your excuse. All right. So there, there, just more time to prepare. That's right. all. There, yeah. there was actually an NPC show here locally. And, uh, and I was like, here it comes. I better go sign up. I'm like, Oh, here's COVID. I can't do it. You know, dang. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, that'll, that'll give you time I, I to track to down a coach. And like you said, to kind yeah. of start tweaking yeah, next year, next year, I want to do it. And uh, we'll just see. I, next year. I, all I, right. I've seen, you know, I've seen older people, I even hate to use the word older because I don't feel, or, you know, I look in the mirror and I go, who's this old, older guy in there in the mirror? But I don't feel that way. I don't feel, I, I hate to even use the word older uh, when referring to myself, but I've seen guys my age and younger that I think I look better than. <laughs> and it's like, you yeah. know, like I can give these guys a run for their money. I think I can maybe wipe the stage with some of these guys. So, uh, and I, I don't say that with, you know, a lot of, pride i'm just saying i i you know looking at him looking at me i think you know what yeah yeah you got a shot try. at this right yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well yeah, i can do this i, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you I, I think you do yeah and and again there'll be another way to inspire people I and mean, they can say so what but this what, this guy's you know on the stage winning championships what at 70 and you right. know the competition for people for people uh at this age is probably uh, somewhat limited too you know, they have masters and grandmasters, but it depends on, you know, it's not in every, every competition doesn't have those categories. So it could be a challenge. So we'll just see how it goes. That's great. So uh, and do you have any, do you have other things that you're looking forward to outside of the bodybuilding thing? I, I know you're got to be very active with the dogs. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my life. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair. <laughs> my dogs, my bodybuilding, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, very good with languages. I speak a few languages, and so I, I work on that too. I I speak Italian fluently, and uh, I speak uh, a Russian and German. I'm working on those. So there's the, the, those are some other interests that I have, but um, I'm sort of limited in my interests at this point. But who knows what'll come up next? Well, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Somebody listening to, well, I'm studying a couple languages. I'm a, I'm a dog sledder. And oh yeah, I've taken up bodybuilding at the age of yeah. 70. And yeah, I'm going to get in my first show. I'm not sure that everybody would agree that that's, that's limited. Um, well, you know, I, I, uh, when I was working at the university, um, in the anesthesia department, one of my, uh, one of the people I worked with was, was actually the Dean of the college of medicine. He says, Steve, you're like the most interesting man in the world. All these things you've done, and you, you know, like, <laughs> okay, you'd always, you know, you always say, "Oh, there he is, the most interesting man in the world." And I would say, "Stay thirsty, my friends." There you go. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's as we kind of wrap up here. Where would you like people to connect with you? Well, Instagram is you know the one place. I don't know what other what other. Um, platform there would be i mean there's you know, email telephone yep. <laughs> whatever so, yeah you're you're uh, i found uh, you on instagram right um, yeah. your bodybuilding transformation at 70 
Right. And I believe you're also your name, right? Is your, yes. your personal. So if folks want to see the dogs, they need to go to the personal account. Right. Um, see more recent account. Right. Yeah, that's right. And if you want to see the, the bodybuilding stuff over right. there at uh, bodybuilding transformation at 70. Yeah. I don't and like I Facebook drop, as well, but Facebook, Facebook is as well. Yeah. See more recent, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I can drop that into the show notes so that people can, um, can find you there, can reach out to you if they, if they like. Right. That's cool. That would be neat. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, you're obviously a great inspiration for healthy aging and letting us all know that we can, we can start things at any time. Right. I mean, we don't have to wait and um, certainly want to thank you for coming on the, on the show and sharing your inspiration and your thoughts with us. You're welcome. You know, there's one, I think there's something else that I, I should say that, that, People may want to know. Absolutely. So I've had issues. I've had an ablation for atrial fibrillation. I've had a total hip replacement. I've had several hernia surgeries, but none of this has stopped me or even you know slowed me down for you know, when I had to recover. But these are all things that um, that I've gone through, and yet I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think that's I think it's important for people to know, especially people that maybe you know have had health issues. You don't, you know, you let things like that stop you. I mean, obviously there's going to be things where you can't do stuff, but a lot of it is what's in your head. A lot of it is, I'm going to do this. It's mental. You know, the, I think the mental part is more important than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess before we sign off then, let's, let's pick that apart a little bit because I think that's critical. Yeah. I, I don't think you live for 70 years without having certain setbacks. Everybody does health issues. Yeah. You talked about the AFib and the, the ablation as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hip replacement. Um, so you've obviously had to overcome things and certainly that's a big part of life. And I think that there, oftentimes people will let things like that be limiters in their lives, right? They, right. they reach these yes. sometimes horrible setbacks and are not able to overcome. I think I read in, maybe it was in one of your posts, you said that you talked about how believing is the secret to your success. Do you want to talk, talk a little bit about that? You were kind of mentioning that just having that faith in yourself, or that's what you were alluding to there, as you were saying, you know, as I didn't let these things hold me back. Um, I, I believed that I, I could do it and, and I did. Well, yeah, it's key. I guess, I guess it's just so natural to me to um, believe, <laughs> believe in believing that I don't, I don't think about that very much, but yeah, as you've learned about me, when I want to do something, I just, I just do it. I just believe I can do it. Um, you know, I, I learned this from one of the, one of the surgeons I used to work with, he would frequently say, um, fear is a mind killer. And I talk about that sometimes too, in my post that, you know, don't let fear stop from doing something. Just, you know, do it. Um, we, we, we're afraid. I'm, you know, I'm afraid I might ruin my hip or I'm afraid I might put myself back into atrial fibrillation or I'm afraid I might bust a hernia out or something like that. Well, maybe I should just sit in a rocking chair with a blanket over my knees and, and watch Wheel of Fortune all day and eat macaroni and cheese. Maybe I should just do that. You know, I have, you know, maybe have a cat on my lap or something like that. No. Uh, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, I believe <laughs> that I can do basically anything I want. I mean, I okay, let's face it. I'm not going to be the prima ballerina of the Bolshoi Ballet. As much as I want to, I can believe it, but that ain't going to happen. 
within within reality, I can do anything I want to do. Yeah, that that's very well said. Uh, I I love that. I, I love that you have that that belief in yourself and talking about fear. It's um you know if if you don't experience fear and overcome it, you can't you can't know courage. You can't be you can't be brave, right? And yeah. so uh, fear is going is going to happen. It's going, it's going to happen to all of us. It it has happened to all of us. Um, it's just your reaction to that that will determine a lot of your, your future and, and the outcome. And right. in, in the case that we're talking about in your health and your wellness, right. And, and a lot of other areas in life, certainly fear can hold you back. But I, yeah, I think that's, that's a critical point that, that, that belief, that self belief and that willingness to face fear and to overcome it is what's critical for healthy aging. Right. Well, people say, what, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if I do this? What if it doesn't just go? Right. You know, it, right. the thing is, we, when things happen, when, when bad things happen, what do we do normally? We deal with it. Don't let fear stop you from doing those things. I'm also a, I'm also a hypnotherapist. So I've, I've worked with a lot of people on, on these very things. And um, it's an important, important concept right there is what if the worst things happen? Well, you deal with it. So why don't you think about what you want? instead of what you don't want. And I think that's a key right there. A lot of people think, well, what if this happens? I, I use this in my anesthesia practice. I would talk to patients and tell them, let's imagine the outcome. Let's imagine your, your surgery's over. It's a couple weeks down the road. You're feeling great. You can, you're back doing things you wanted to do before, you know, instead of thinking, oh, what if this, what if I die? What if I bleed to death? What if I get an infection? Don't do that. Think about how nice it's going to be now that I've got this, whatever it is fixed and I can do the things I want to do. Just imagine your future. See yourself up up the mountains hiking. Yeah. Yeah. I I think what if works both ways, right? What if you could imagine the worst case scenario, what if, but you could also imagine the best case scenario within a what if, right? Well, what if I dared to do this and I was wildly successful beyond my craziest dreams? What, what about that? What if that, right? So two different ways of looking at, at what if, yeah. Well, that's, I think that'd be one of the main things that I'd, I'd like to leave is, is that, um, Probably one of the main things, one of the main messages I'd like to leave is that uh, you should think about what you want instead of what you don't want. For that very reason, that if you think about the things you don't want, um, that's going to stop you. That's going to and that's going to uh, affect you mentally. You're going to you're, you're going to think, well, you know, and then you it, then you create a, a self fulfilling prophecy. You fail because you thought so much about failing. Why not think about what you want? Think about, that's my phrase, think about what you want, not about what you don't want. I want to be a bodybuilder, so I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about, you know, every day I go, why, you know, I'm happy in the gym because I know what I'm, what I'm accomplishing. I see a lot of grumpy faces in the gym. It's not, you know, it's like, guys, come on, you're working on something. Let's, let's, let's be happy because you're, you're building yourself up. You know, you're, you're, you're sculpting a body, making yourself like the Statue of David. At least that's my idea. <laughs> that's perfect. I, I think maybe we can leave it right there. I wish you all the the best in 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 the world moving forward. And like I said, you're you're a great inspiration to a lot of folks, and I'm sure we'll we'll all be keeping an eye on you to see see where this journey goes. Kevin, thank you so much. It's been so nice to be able to uh, talk with you and and uh, and share my experiences. Hopefully, I I am going to help you know more people through this. Oh, 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 o
Well, that's our show for today, folks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends and please consider subscribing and giving us a five-star review. All the show notes and much more are available at our website at silver-edge.com. That's silver-edge.com. So until next time, stay strong.